Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast. Hawks lose 5-3 to the Vegas Golden Knights at the United Center. We've got the full game wrap-up for you. Thanks for being with us. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson. Mario Tirabasi is back at the United Center and will join us uh, as soon as his postgame duties are duties. wrapped up. <laughs> Duty. Uh, that was, you know, despite the the game, the outcome, it was a fun game. Uh, high offense. The Hawks hung in there with the defending Stanley Cup champion. We're going to get to all of that. But as we do every game, uh, you get to vote for the fourth star of the game. The three stars were Paul Cotter, uh, Nick Roy, and uh, Amadio's. What's Amadio's first name? It's me, Amadio. It's it doesn't me, matter. Amadio. It doesn't matter what his name is. Uh, so your nominees for the four star, Nick Felino. He had three shots, an assist, two hits, and 1450, 1450 of ice time. Reese Johnson, a goal, plus one, two shots, two block shots, and two hits. Alex Vlasic with three hits, 1745 of ice time, and just really solid, calm defense. Uh, really good game for him. So get that vote in on the YouTube page, and we'll reveal the winner at the end of the show. And while you're there, make sure you smash that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page. Podcast listeners, we appreciate you, too. Please uh, follow, subscribe, whatever your favorite app calls for, and take 30 seconds and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So, Greg, let's start with with what's on everyone's mind. Uh, Connor Bedard scores on his first United Center shot. He's only one so far. Yes, left <laughs> wide open, uh, right there in the middle of the ice. It's like I think he kind of hid behind the ref. If you watch the replay, he kind of snuck behind the referee and then found himself all the ice he needed and did not make a mistake. And that was the loudest I have heard of the United Center in a really long time. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was like a, a storybook play, you know? First power play. Yeah, he went out there on the ship, uh, won the opening draw, which got a. Big ovation. Uh, I, I don't remember too many cheers yeah. for winning an opening draw, but he won the opening draw. Uh, you know, there's a ton of energy in the building uh, for tonight, and it was building up, and then that power play. I mean, nobody wide open from the slot, nobody within 20 feet of him, and Aiden Hill had no, no chance. Yeah, he's not going to miss that no one chance. very often. He's not going to miss from that spot of the ice. Great shot, great moment. Place was up for grabs, and then you know Vegas comes right back. Hawks start, you know, they get the early goal from Bedard, and then they take four penalties before the end of the first period. Yeah, not great. It just takes all the energy out of the building. That means now Connor Bedard is not on the ice for eight minutes of the first period after he scores his goal. Yep, they they take was it five penalties the entire night. Uh, Vegas had five power plays. Uh, yes, five power plays for Vegas. Both teams getting five power plays. So that's 10 minutes. That's, you know, one-sixth of the game. Yeah. Connor Bernard isn't on the ice. You, you got to be better than that, especially in that first. They, they took that first penalty like a minute after the goal. Like the crowd hadn't even stopped cheering for the goal. And yeah. it's the parade of the penalty box. Well, look, I mean, Vegas is a juggernaut. They are a great team. They are undefeated. They're 6-0 and to start the season. They're going to break um, Boston's uh, regular season record. They're on pace for it. They're going to go 82-0, and <laughs> and then they're going to get swept in the first round of playoffs, and it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, it's just – and it's not an excuse. I, I think for the most part of the game, the Hawks were hanging in there with them. And, yeah, you know, you're going to – 
dig into the metrics and you're going to see that Vegas had a big you know possession advantage and but that's what you expect in terms of was this game at any point winnable for the Blackhawks the answer to that is yes yeah uh, for the most part they were able to hang in there and play well and evenly with the with the Knights but then that giving up that goal early in the third that is always a killer Goals in the first minute and last minutes of periods. Yeah, and as we as we were listening to the uh, you know intermission show driving over here from the UC, and Troy Murray said like they've got to be ready to go, they've got to be ready for what Vegas is going to bring because he was talking to Cassidy before the game, Bruce Cassidy, and he said like our veterans know when they need to step up and help, and sure enough, like that's Vegas was just said okay, it is time for us to win this game. We saw the Hawks do that over and over again during the dynasty where they would. Bad teams or subpar teams would hang in with them for too long, and then all of a sudden they'd be like, all right, time for three quickies, and let's get out of here with a win. That's what these teams can do when they're that deep, and hopefully the Hawks will get there at some point, but these learning experiences are good, and I think you're seeing um, a good response to the Colorado game. It's just this is what a rebuild looks like, and if if they're competitive against the best teams night after night, that's what you want. Yeah, for 40 minutes they were toe-to-toe with the reigning champs. And then Vegas said, okay, we're the Golden Knights, you're the Blackhawks, here we are. And that was that. Uh, It was there for the taking. They could have, you know, they had some chances. The power play continues to not be good. Yes, the Bedard goal was on a power play, but then they had two power plays in the third period, down a goal, and nobody wants to shoot the damn puck. It's just all perimeter. Yeah, skate around, skate around, try and get a pass across the middle. Well, the, Simplify the, it. The 1-3-1 one, 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 one is designed to have net traffic. You basically got two guys standing. You got one guy right in front of the goalie and one guy kind of between the circles in front of the goalie. And when Bedard's out there, you're trying to kind of work the puck in a little bit. But I don't know. There's just they got to be a little more threatening. And I also think they need to be a little more selfish and shoot. Everybody is looking the pass all the time. Like, we'll get into it with Lucas Reichel, but he was a great example where he was flying over the ice today, weaving through guys, generating things with speed, and then he'd basically skate himself out of shooting position. He would peel off, and then there wouldn't be a pass there. There's not enough talent on this team to try to play that way. Are, are there a few guys that can play like that? Yes. You've got Bedard. You've got Reichel. Athanasiu can do it now and again. But in terms of, like, you're going to make this dazzling play, and then you're going to pass it to Ryan Donato who may or may not receive the pass. You know, so it's you kind of have to adjust the game to the talent you have. I, I still think the power play looks good. They have a lot of zone time. They have a lot of puck movement. They just need to convert. But it feels like the more they struggle to convert, the more, you know, the more frustrated they get. And we've seen this a lot from them this year where they're not having any success, and then they just pass, 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 nothing they got to just start getting the puck on the net. And I know it sounds simple, and I know it sounds cliche, but there's a reason it's a cliche. Well, yeah, you either do that or you do what Vegas was doing all night. On their power play, they were getting the penalty kill to move side to side, and that was opening up one-timers. Yeah. And they were actually taking one-timers. Well. That's like get the puck, get it on your stick, and get it off your stick as quickly as but possible. But that's see, that's when we talk about like the elite teams versus the bottom feeder teams – it's the ability to, when the one-timer is there, to put the pass on the tape and to get the shot off. Whereas you might have an opportunity for a one-timer on the Hawks, but the pass is a little behind or the, the shooter whiffs on it or whatever. 
you know, it's it, it's a skill thing. It takes skill to operate those one-timers, and yeah, I'm for them firing the puck more often, however it is. One-timer, point shot, whatever it is, get people in front, and you're going to get good in good things. I mean, just think of the goals Vegas scored today. None of them spectacular by any means. They were just very routine goals. Like It doesn't always have to be razzle-dazzle. And I think they need to learn. And I think, you know, Connor Bedard had a good game, but I think he is learning these lessons that he's not going to be able to weave his way through three defenders anymore. Well, yeah. And, you know, he's able to do that a lot in juniors, get through a guy, and then there's nobody behind that guy. Now he gets through that first guy, and there's two guys still there. Yeah. So by the time he, if he can get through the two, or the second or third guy, he's not in a great spot to shoot. And there's nobody on the wing on the wing that's uh, you know keeping up with him to make a play or, or take the pass. So you know it's it's a learning curve for everybody still, and uh, you know it, it, it hopefully it improves. But yeah, I, I want to see a more simplified approach, not only just on the power play, but five on five too. Yeah. Just shoot more, shoot like. Look at the look at the second goal, the Reese Johnson goal. That was a product of Connor Murphy just getting the puck That's and it. flinging it towards the net. And hey, look at that! Great redirect by Reese Johnson. Yeah, and you score. It hit somebody in front. That's just it. Put put the puck on net. You, you the the skating around the perimeter, looking for the perfect play, looking for that cross pad, looking for the backdoor play constantly. That's all you do. Then people are going to defend it. Yeah, that play starts to open up more when they're expecting you to shoot. Well, and that's you know I think that's why you started to have when you talk about the Vegas power play and getting people moving side to side, they're moving with them because they know the threat to shoot is there all the time, right? Like they know that if they get in that if if the if Vegas has the puck, there's a chance they're going to shoot. So they need to go back and forth. To follow it because they know Vegas just knows like they're just waiting to get it to Bedard. Yeah. And then they close in on Bedard and then he passes it to someone and they fumble it and then reset the power play. And it's not to say that Bedard had a perfect game by any means, but his talent level is so much higher than anyone else is that he's going to need to learn as the whole team is going to need to learn to simplify the game a little bit. Yeah. And it's not going to get any easier. This hellacious start to the season. Uh, continues because Boston's back in town yep. Tuesday. And then, oh, guess what? It's a trip out to Vegas <laughs> for Friday. Uh, and then you get maybe a break at the Coyotes, but they're very good on their home rink. It's a good, better team than everybody thought. And then, uh, then you play five games where it's Panthers, Devils, Lightning, Panthers, Devils. Yeah, when the lightning are your reprieve, you're it's not great. Yeah. And I saw somebody in the chat say the Hawks are on pace for fifty four points. At some point they're gonna play some bad teams. They're gonna get they're gonna get <laughs> Columbus, they're gonna get the Sharks, the Ducks. December. <laughs> They'll get some points it's just, in it's December. Like this, if you look through this, the the start of their schedule is absolutely I, I brutal. Mean, if they're if they're first you know, 13 of, of 15 games are against legit contenders. Well, that means there's going to be a lot of games at the end of the season against teams that aren't contenders. Yeah. Yep, everybody plays everybody the same amount of times. So they're just catching it all in the early season. 
And that could be good. That could be bad. You know, it's going to be a lot of learning experiences. You're, you're going to, you know, and, and from what we saw, the imp- there was there was improvement from that game in Denver to now. And, yeah. You know, I know there was a point in the broadcast in the third period, you know, our guy Darren Pang mentions, you're like, ah, I still, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm going to make one. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear the I don't, tired I, I, Enough of the five-game road trip. Yeah, I mean, there was validity to it in the Colorado game. Yeah, but... And once you're down, you're like, all right, this one's over. We're going to kind of coast in the rest of this one. But, like, no, that wasn't the case No, today. I don't, don't want to hear about the five-game road trip anymore. You got a young team. This team should be able to bounce back. And You, you had a full house that was just waiting for to have a reason to yeah. go crazy. Like... Yeah, they need it needed to be a little better there in the third period. But again, this is the reigning Stanley Cup champs versus a team that is, you know, the very, very still very early stages of building their team. Well, we got to look at some new lines today. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, but then when we get back to that, we'll kind of talk about how the new lines looked and how they performed. But first, Greg's going to tell y'all about some bread. Yes, bread. Mm, we all Hero love it. Hero bread. Yes, bread is my hero. It, it is. I'm a big fan of bread and bacon. Hi, yes. Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Charlie's here. Yes, uh, we had our. The only thing my uh, delicious pocket bacon was missing was some some bread to toast it and and make a <laughs> sandwich out of it. But uh, you know, hero bread. It's it's not your normal bread. It's not you know. It, it's got all kinds of good stuff for you. Ooh, tell me more. It, it's it's not it's not your typical full of carb bread. That gets you something like this. It's, it's got taste and texture. The bread is soft and fluffy. It's delicious. It's got primary nutri- nutritional interests like high fiber and or ultra low net carbs and zero grams of sugar per slice. And as an extra incentive to buy some delicious hero bread there, you get 10% off your very first order by using the promo code CHGO at hero.co hero makes sliced breads buns and tortillas that are available on hero.co and amazon as well they have fewer calories than the leading national brand five to ten grams of protein per serving fewer calories fewer carbs and more protein so right now hero bread is offering the chgo family 10 percent off their very first order just go to hero co and use the promo code chgo and save on hero bread today that's h-e-r-o dot c-o and save 10 percent right now it's a good deal you know what's the greatest thing since sliced bread the legalization of cannabis bacon came before sliced bread i think charlie for the record so it can't be the greatest thing since it was the greatest thing before but if you want some of that legalized cannabis Head to our friends at Sunnyside. It's your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors from aficionados to novices are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season. Went in there this weekend, and my dad was looking for something to take the edge off a little bit. Can't imagine why. And uh, I said, hey, this is a product he's had before that is no longer made. What do you have that's like this? And they went through the entire system. We tried to find the most comparable thing. Boom. Found exactly what my dad needed, and he loved it. 
It's awesome. That's what the folks at Sunnyside do for you. They've got a great transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards, so shop and get rewarded. I'm going to tell you about my favorite brands. Mindy's, they're the best-tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Get those black cherry uh, edibles. They're amazing. And the good news, the gummies that helped me sleep for the first time in my life. They also have the rechargeable vape pens and cartridges, perfect for great moments with the crew. But other great brands like Cresco, High Supply, Flora, Cal Wonder, and Remedy. And now through October 31st, head to sunnyside.shop and use the code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions, but that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois med card holder reminding you to jump in and vote for the fourth star of the game. Uh, we got a close one today. Usually they're not this close. It is a closer one today. Nick Felino, Reese Johnson, and Alex Vlasic are your candidates. Make sure you jump on there and get the, your vote in before the show ends. Uh, all right, so the new lines that uh, Luke Richardson played tonight. Uh, Bedard centered Taylor Hall and Taylor Radish. So that was a change. Uh, Johnson, Reichel, and Athanasiu we've seen before. Dickinson, Felino, and Perry we've seen before. And then Ryan Donato down to the fourth line with Boris Kachuk and Reese Johnson. What did you think of Taylor Radish on the top line? He's fine. Yeah. Um, led the team in shots with four. Took two penalties, though. Yeah. So, like, again, he gets this opportunity to be on the fourth line, and then he prevents the, the – or the first line, and he prevents the first line from being out there for four minutes. Yep. So, can't have that. But he, he was fine. You know, he's – a bigger body than Ryan Donato. He was. He had no problem getting into the corners. He was helping that out. Um, before the season started, we all predicted our opening night lines, and we all had Radish on this line. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Donato was fine up there too, but, you know, Donato is – I think Donato's value is playing him – Using his versatility, playing him down in the lineup against, yeah, Ryan Donato against other teams' top defensive pairs and top lines is just not going to get the job done. He's great in a pinch, but he's not, sure. can't be relied upon for full time top. Right. Six. He's a role player. Yeah, being used in in a top six role. You could argue same thing about Taylor Radish. Um, you know, it's interesting to see. I mean, I, I would I would think Luke's going to give him. You know, a few games here to see what happens. I mean, do you want to put a different guy out there every night? I don't know if that's the case, but if nobody, you know, Taylor Hall isn't exactly lighting the world on fire. No, right? and I think it's pretty clear that even though he's playing, he's not 100%. Right. And he, I know, I know he, he missed, left the game for a little, a little bit today. A little bit of time today and came back. Um, so, but like we said, like bringing him in is a really nice, it helps Bedard in a lot of ways. Yeah. But he's no longer the kind of guy that drives play in as a threat. And this is this is probably a better an off-day topic. We've talked about it a little bit so far this year. But if you're going to stick with Reichel at center, which I'm still on board with for a little while longer, I'm still willing to give it 10, 20 games before I pull the plug, I wouldn't mind seeing them go to get some help for Bedard. I'm sorry. Like I know it's I know it is uh incongruous to the rebuild to go acquire someone with NHL ability and talent but I just think that you're doing him a disservice by having him out there the guys that can't help yeah. him play I mean I don't 
want to with guys that can help him play. I don't want to go out and just trade for a guy just to trade for a guy. But if there's a guy that fits the long term plan, that yeah. can also help. You know, like is there? There's got to be some NHL team that has a glut of offensive young players that could use some help on D. And maybe you flip a Isaac Phillips for somebody, or maybe it is Connor Garland or whoever it might be. But I don't know. I I still want to wait to pull the plug on Reichel until I see Kurashev back because that line looked so good last year. Yeah, and and Reichel was he was good he today. Was good tonight. Like yeah. he, I think part of Reichel's problem is he's worrying so much about not screwing up defensively yeah. that it's taking away from his offensive game. I think he's another one of these guys that just he needs to score that first goal and things are going to get back on track. For yeah. Him. You know, we said a lot of that about Bedard. He needs to score that first goal, that first I mean he had the wrap around. It was like well, he needs to get that first goal from that shot and he got it tonight. Yeah. And I was kind of hoping that, okay, Bedard's going to be out there and he's going to be looking for blood the rest of the night. And then he pretty much spent the rest of the first period on the bench because of all the penalties. And by that point, you know, he never really got back in the flow of the game. Uh, he didn't have a ton of hit. Didn't have a ton of shot attempts. He only had the one shot on goal. They actually carded him with two at the did end. They? Okay. He did. I think he that one night they kind of got thrown in front and Perry was kind of there for it. Um, I think that was uh, they gave him a shot on that one. So he had four shot attempts, two shots on goal. According to the actual event summary from NHL, he just had the one. Okay, so ESPN is wrong. Shocking. One shot. But, you know, um, it's going to – yeah, it's it's pretty evident that right now there's not a lot that's going to – can hang on – and keep up with Bedard, with his creativity. But, I mean, how many guys like that really in the league are there? There's not, but, I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 Even if there was another, not that like Taylor Hall's, like, grow on trees, but someone even at that point, you know, with that kind of skill, the way Taylor Hall is now, that just can convert on chances and be ready to pick up a puck. Like, I just feel like whoever they're plugging in at the right wing there is just not ideal. And as the game was getting late and it was – I said, like, when is it time to throw Reichel on the line with Bedard and try to get this goal here? And then they got some power plays and they got some other th- opportunities, so that never really came to fruition. But it just feels like he needs. I, it just feels like he needs some help. Um, yeah, um, but again, it's six games into this. You know, hopefully Taylor Hall can can start contributing a little more. But he's obviously banged up still. Um, you know. I, I'm not ready to give up on Reichel at center yet either. You got to give him. You promised him you're going to play him center this year. You can't pull the plug after six I agree. games. I agree. I don't have a problem playing him at center all 82 games. Like that's the only way he's going to get better. You can't put him out there for six games and say nope. You're obviously not a center. How can you say you're obviously not a center? You gave him six games. And what we do know is he's that getting better. Richardson and and Davidson are very patient. Yeah, and they're willing to let this him learn the on the season, job. This is the season to yeah. do it. There's no expectations for postseason, so figure it out now. So when you know your Oliver Moores and your Frank Nazars get here, two guys, two guys that you know people love. This is one of my new f- favorite things. I hate on on to hate on on uh, with this job is. Everybody that as soon as you draft a kid that plays center in junior or college, 
everybody wants to say, he can't play center in the NHL. How the F do you, you know no that idea. until he actually gets right. a chance? Yep. Like, okay, you watch two minutes of YouTube highlights of him, and you've determined he can never play center <laughs> in the NHL. Let them try it. Yeah. And Reichel was better at the dot tonight, too. He won eight of 14 draws tonight. So uh, that's that's pretty good. And, and Connor Bernard was six of 12. So the, those young guys are starting to get better at the faceoffs. Uh, Jason Dickinson is is not three of fifteen no. tonight. He's not been good. Um, maybe don't give him fifteen draws next game. Yeah, that's that's weird for a guy who was uh, high up there. I know we got um, Mario Sanibai. We'll get to him in a second. The other little lineup change before we hit our second break here is you flipped Vlasic and Korchinski. So Korchinski played with Jones and Vlasic played with Murphy. Um, Korchinski had. I would. I don't want to say a rough game like he played poorly, but there were a couple bad breaks for him, like some passes, like some good passes that got intercepted, a couple turnovers, um, and but you're still seeing him so confident with the puck moving. You knew the D was going to be a struggle for him, but it's, with the speed and the puck moving, I just again. Another guy I want to see put the effing puck on the net every now yeah, and then. Yeah, he had three shot attempts. One was blocked. Missed the net on the other two. Um, was a minus two. Had the assist. Um, and then he had three three, uh, three giveaways on on the, on the night. So that's... Uh, I'm, I'm totally thrown yeah, off. Yeah, someone's out. knocking at our door, and we don't know who it is. There should be nobody else here right now. I don't have yeah. a clue who that was. Is that the, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, whatever. We'll whatever. figure it out. There's a ghost in here or something. Well, probably. All right, before we get to Mario, uh, Greg's going to talk about Circa. I'm going to tell you about some beer, and then we'll get Mario Tirbasi in here from the United Center. Yes, the uh, Circa Sportsbook app is now available in the great state of Illinois, so download it today. And what makes Circa Sportsbook different than all the other sportsbook betting apps that are out there? Well, they have tight money line splits. Games will strive to be a minus 10 split on Circa Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or minus 120 splits. Jerks. Circa Sports keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to other books. Circa Sports also has high app limits and transparency transparency easy for me to say circus sports does not limit players based on the winnings every player has the same limits unlike other sports books who do limit winning players we encourage betters to download and explore all sports betting apps available and compare the lines from each sports book you're going to find out that circa is the best and another added bonus is the customer service there are real people behind the circus sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion unlike other sports books who use the dreaded chat bots. Boo. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. <coughs> also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Text GAMB to 833234 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Yeah, do that. Be careful when you gamble. Uh, and hey, we love beer. We love all kinds of stuff here. But there's no beer we love more than Goose Island. It is Chicago's beer. 
since 1988, and we are supported by them, and we appreciate it. They've got an unbelievable beer roster. Of course, you've got the Oktoberfest right now, the Beer Hug family, the 312 Wheat Ale, the Full Pocket Pills. That's what the Goose Island Brewmasters are drinking. You've got the Blackhawks Pale Ale out there, the Bull and Goose. That's a new Bulls one, right? Bull and Goose? Sure. Yes, sounds like it. I think that's what it's called. It's cool can, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Get yourself some. Grab an ultra-fresh, brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne and Lincoln Park or from their taproom on Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer, and I don't know if we're allowed to officially say this or not, but I'm going to do it because, you know what? We want people to show up. We have an event with with Goose this weekend, next Friday. It's going to be a watch party and a live post-game show at Legends Grill and Bar out in Mokina, 9710 191st Street, out in my neck of the woods. That's so far. It's too far south. Boo-hoo. Shut up. Come south. God forbid. It's an awesome place. I got to get my passport renewed so I can travel to Mexico. I'm so tired of this. All you north side people. The rest of the the state has to come up north for every freaking thing. Ravinia and any sort of concert and everything's downtown. God forbid you get to go one time south of Roosevelt. Worth is better. Boo hoo. That's why everything's up north. 9710 191st Street in Mokina. Legends Grill and Bar will be there with Goose Island. They've got awesome food at that place. That is a fat guy guarantee. So come join us Friday for a watch party. Just remember, it's a five o'clock puck drop. It's a weird Vegas five puck o'clock. Drop. Five puck o'clock drop. game time. So come right after work. Yeah. Don't even go home. Or just don't go to work. Just come That's anyway. Choo choo. Or, you know. <laughs> Maybe you third shifters come in before work. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, we'll whatever it takes, be there. It'll be fun. And pound some goose out. If I'm going us. all the way to Mokina, there better be some diehards there. Wah. All right, let's go to can't the United have, Center. I can't wait till we have the, 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 the a watch party at Myers Tavern in, in Wilmette so you can <laughs> cry about how far you got to go. I'm not even the one that has to go I'm the not going to cry. It's part of living in the society. Is the even, whole world doesn't have to come to you all the time. Bullshit. Mario has a right to bitch. He lives basically in Door County. <laughs> yeah, I, I booked my flight to Mokina yesterday, so we're, we're good to go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, I saw your tweets, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, I think you can predict one of the complaints we had about this game, and I know Luke uh, said similar. What, what were his takeaways about uh, the offense in this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, you watch the game uh, – it's no secret that shooting the puck was something that the Blackhawks uh, didn't do enough of in the eyes of many people uh, watching the game, including Luke Richardson. Um, on a number of occasions in his postgame presser, he mentioned uh, wanting the team to have a more shoot-first mentality. And uh, he didn't categorize it as the team trying to be too cute, but rather uh, looking to make the perfect play. And, and, and we've seen that many, 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 many times. This is not a new uh, issue with these Blackhawks. This goes back to the last 10 years. It's, it's really, it's, it's the simplest thing in hockey is to shoot the puck on the net and see what happens. Either you uh, beat the goalie, the goalie makes a save, or there's some sort of rebound and secondary chance opportunity. It's a very simple game sometimes. Um, on the power play, especially tonight, there were a lot of chances for the Blackhawks created because of the, the, the great player and, and puck movement. I will give the team credit for that, but there are a lot of opportunities where a shot on net or a shot for a rebound would have been uh, welcomed. And you saw late in the game, uh, I can't remember exactly what power play it was, but there was a shot on net 
and there was a, a scramble. Ryan Donato and Corey Perry were, were in there uh, trying to jam, jam a loose puck past Aiden Hill, and then it trickled out, and Seth Jones was just a few inches away from getting a, a stick on the loose puck and keeping possession. But look, like those are the things that I think this this team, uh, as much as you know, we talk about the depth that they have compared to last year of, of NHL caliber talent. Um, this still is a team that needs to benefit from making uh, making something out of the simple plays. Uh, as, as much as we would all love to see a tic-tac-toe backdoor tap-in goal, um, it's also counts just the same if Corey Perry throws it on the net and Nick Foligno jams in a rebound. It, it all counts. Uh, so I, I think Richardson wants to see the team have more of that mentality, have more of that urgency uh, to put the puck on net rather than try and make one or two extra passes so it looks pretty on the highlight reel. I'm looking at the uh, all strengths, uh, all situations metrics here, and uh, the Hawks had the Fenwick advantage, the Corsi advantage. Shots in this game were 24-23 in favor of Vegas, but when you look at the high danger chances, 10-5 to for Vegas. Like They were the ones who were truly generating like tougher chances. Like the Hawks seemed like a lot was from the perimeter. And I, I, when we get to talk to Luke again, I want to ask him like, okay, we've heard this a lot this season about these perimeter shots and trying to do too much. How do you coach that out of them? What are the things you can do to discourage that? Is it like <laughs> if, if there's more than three passes on a play, everyone, we backskate you. I don't believe that. I'm kidding. But really like, how can you, just shout from the bench, shoot it! I don't Shot know. Colors. Shot colors. Shot colors. Yeah, just <laughs> zap somebody if they think they're gonna pass. Yeah, as soon as you pass the puck, you zap. I em. just want to know how do you how do you coach that? Because there, there's been some people in the chat, you know, critical of the fact that hey, this keeps happening, and at some point it becomes a coaching issue. That's fine, but it's like they can say shoot till they're blue in the face. They can't go on the ice and guide their stick for them like Chubbs and Happy Gilmore. It's all in the hips, right? He, they have it's up to the players once they're on the ice to execute the game plan. So yeah, I don't know how you get it to change. He ta- he talked about that. Um, talked about you know they 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 have to continue to kind of hammer hammer it in that that's kind of the mentality that they that they want to see to have is is shoot first. There's never a bad uh, you know never a bad play to put the puck on net. I think it, he didn't sound frustrated, but I think the way he worded. Uh, the response and saying, you know, we have to keep pounding it into them uh, probably comes from a little bit of frustration that, you know, they, they are trying to implement the shoot first mentality. It is, it does seem like it is a message coming from the coaching staff uh, that when put into practice on the ice uh, and in, in execution is, is uh, maybe the, the, the team that's out there uh, trying to do a little bit too much, trying to make, uh, you know, trying to chase a goal, and especially on a power play when you have guys like Connor Bedard uh, out there trying to create a lot of uh, a lot of chances. Sometimes it's just using that shot is, is the best way to create a chance uh, as, as, as many, you know, no look backhand cross 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 ice saucer passes as cool as those may look. Uh, they're very, uh, not, very much not as effective as just trying to throw the puck on that, get a rebound or maybe just beat the goalie anyway. So. I think I think the coaching staff is trying to deliver that message. It's just kind of come down to the the execution of it uh, in games. Maybe it is implementing some sort of shot clock drill in practice, where you know you get you get the puck into the zone, you got to get a, a shot off in ten seconds or something. I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see 
if there's any change between now uh, and Tuesday night's game. Uh, I know you had the chance to talk to Connor Bedard. Interested to hear what he had to say. Uh, anything you need to do to set this one up, or does it speak for itself? Speaks for itself. Connor talks about you know the the, the first game at the United Center experience, uh, and uh, definitely pay attention to um, probably like the last I'd say 30, 30 to forty five seconds of it. Um, a really good quote from from Connor regarding uh, just kind of all the craziness that's. Uh, that's been surrounding him and the team to uh, to start the year. So let's uh, let's hear from Mr. Bedard himself. Uh, it's always nice to score, and I think you know whether it was first career goal or first goal here, it's always nice to you know get that, and um, feels good to get it, get it quick. And he's big for a power play, I think, to, to see one go in. And uh, but obviously now it's. You know, it doesn't feel as good, but in the moment, it's, it's great. And then when in Boston, when you scored, you said it didn't feel right because it was a loss. Can you separate that here? Just what, like that? Can you capture that kind of moment in time and remember that in a positive way? Yeah, you can remember it for sure. But um, I think when I mean, you're kind of looking back on it, but obviously right now you're, you're focused on what we can do better to win. And um, yeah, but obviously as a moment in your life. Kind of looking back, you'll remember it. Did you feel that energy from puck drop with the fans? Yeah, it was electric in there, and um, you know it was really cool for me. And um, you know all, all the guys, they, you, know, you get energy from that, and um, you know I think for us to, to get one early and, and get them up like that was great, and um, they're awesome. So it was a lot of fun to play in front of them. What did you see on your goal? Uh, yeah, I was just alone in the slot, um, and shot, tried to hit a spot, and uh, fortunately I did. So. Um, yeah, you don't really get that many opportunities like that. So, um, it was, you know, I just try to make the most of it. Were you surprised by how alone you were in the high slot there? Uh, game's so fast, you're not thinking about it like that. But it's rare um, to get that. But just kind of how the play worked out with the battle down low. And, um, yeah. How about the rest of your game tonight? Sorry? How about the rest of your game tonight? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, obviously that third goal was, was definitely my fault and um, can't start a period like that. So um, that's something I got to be better in. And, and I know that and everyone everyone knows that. So, um, you know, I thought we had we had our looks and it was a pretty even game overall, but uh, it's inches like that. And, you know, I got to take responsibility for that. You just got to be you know deeper in the zone on that one and just be back checking more. Yeah, just have my guy. And, um, yeah. You talked about the anticipation of playing at home front these guys. Did it live up to what you expected it to be in terms of the energy and the atmosphere? Yeah, for sure. Even even more so, I'd say. Um, you know, I've heard so many great things, and uh, obviously saw it in preseason. Or even when I got drafted, we had a pretty electric crowd there. It was it was awesome. But um, just to finally get that real game and um, to see, you know, how energetic they are, how much they love. Love, love us. It's it's awesome, and, and we couldn't say more how much we appreciate it. You, got, you had to settle in. You had to settle in on the road. Was there any extra nerves coming into this home opener? No, um, I think just excitement. Um, I think you're a tiny bit nervous for every game. Just or for me, just kind of how much I care. And um, but today is, I think getting games in now. It, it's nice to have that comfort level, and uh, yeah, I was really, really excited course home opener but also going against the champs and um, getting to test yourself and your your team against the best it was fun. Are you kind of, looking forward, things, kind of looking forward to things would be a little more normal than all the hoopla before a game? Yeah I mean um, <laughs> it's been been pretty wild I think uh, you know ever since kind of before campish it's been been crazy but it's not something I look at as a negative at all it's 
um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to be in the position I am, and um, there's very few people that you know get that opportunity, get to be as lucky. So um, I'm looking at it like that, and you know, I'm, I'm living out a dream, and um, I feel very fortunate for that. But you know, it is crazy and and uh, busy, and um, you know, I'm human too. I can get get a little tired, but uh, no, it's been it's been good, and um, just enjoying it. Thanks. That's the first time he's really acknowledged that it was getting to be a lot. And he's still, like, I think he does a good job of qualifying and saying, it's great, I'm happy to have it, it's a privilege to be here, all that sort of stuff. But was every road game a home opener for the opponent, or was all but one? Like, every game. I don't game think the Toronto one was. Toronto, Toronto, I think, was the only one that wasn't. I think everything else was. I think everything else like, was. Tonight, it's it's a home opener, and it's like all the hoopla before. I think he and I think the entire team is very much looking forward to a regular ass game, yeah. where they where their, their routine is not thrown off, where they're not distracted by a million things. Um, that was the first little crack he showed that yeah, it's getting to be a bit much. But I think he's not saying that personally. I think he's saying it like for the team, because yeah. it is an inconvenience to okay. Like we saw the Golden Knights had to. They go off for warm-ups to get ready, and then there's a 10-minute ceremony they got to wait through, and it, it throws you off, and, you know. They had that last year. Remember they had the uh, uh, banner-raising ceremony for the uh, avalanche, avalanche. Yeah. and then wasn't the next night in San Jose when Patrick Marlowe made, like, a oh, seven-hour yeah. speech? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. he, he's, still, he's still there Patrick talking. Patrick Marlowe's still talking. And, like, yeah, and it was, like, the second time in a row they, they went to – because the – the time they went to San Jose before they were honoring Doug Wilson. So it's like the Blackhawks are in town. Time to pull time to out honor somebody someone. to honor. Or maybe they'll honor Jeff Friesen next time they're out in San Jose. <laughs> Archer's Urbe. <laughs> it's Archer's Urbe night. Oh, damn it. He never shuts up. No, but it's, it's you know, I, I, I've been really impressed with how Bedard has, you know, we when he's, we first saw him at development camp, you know, very cliche, very by the book. Then towards the end of that, loosened up a little bit. Then training camp, a little bit more loosened up. And now he 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 feels like just another one of the guys. Like he answers questions with a little more honesty. He answers them, uh, you know, openly. And I think he's really starting to get the. I mean, he's getting experience. That's for damn sure. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's done a masterful job. But I think he and all of them are looking forward to just some normalcy. And I think Tuesday is really the first opportunity they're, they're going to have with that. They're going to have a. They're gonna have a day off tomorrow, and then Monday will be a, a their first practice at the Fifth Third Arena since training camp. Yeah, and then it's a, or just a normal home game on Tuesday. Yeah, and by the way, like a region rev says, you know, maybe if he just keeps answering every question the same, people will catch on. The reason is that whatever market he goes to, that city's media requests to talk to him. Right, and that's what happens to Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, and it, it like that's. The stars of the game all have to deal with that, but especially for Bedard coming into this year, it was it was nuts because not only is it his first game and it's on the road against Sidney Crosby, but it's also ESPN's first game, then it's TNT's first game. So you have all the national media is there and the extra media is there, and it's just it's been a ton for him. So I think now that they're in this routine and the flow of the regular season, yeah, I still think he's gonna have to talk. When he's on the road, either after you know the practice day before the morning skate or post game, but it's not going to be twice a day every day for the rest of the season, and I, I that's not fair to anybody. 
No, no yeah. player should have to have that sort of responsibility. Yeah, no, I would imagine, you know, there'll be fewer post games at home because, you know, at home they, the team brings out two, maybe three guys. It's not a full locker room. So, you know, obviously first game at home he scored. They're going to have him out there. Uh, morning skates are different because when you're in the morning skate, you get the f- access to the full room and everybody's in there. So, right. of course. And they're all going to go to him. Of course, they're going to gravitate to him. So, um, you know, as, as more storylines develop and more players start, you know, producing or, or, or hitting milestones, you know, the, the, the attention will go away a little bit. But, uh, listen, he's handling all of it very well. Uh, like none it. of this, none of the, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to have affected him at all on the ice. You know, he's got f- two goals, four points in six games. You know, the Colorado game was a rough one for him, but that's because he was playing a great team that said, that kid's not scoring on us tonight, and he didn't. Right. But, it, like, you know, I remember he was when we said he was going to get mic'd up for the first game in Pittsburgh, people were like, oh, that's a distraction. It's not. Playing hockey. I would score this goal if only this – Pesky microphone wasn't underneath my pads. You know, you know where he doesn't get any <laughs> distraction and nobody's in his face asking him questions? When he's on the ice playing hockey. Right. That's his comfort zone. That's all he wants to do. Or in the bathroom. There might be a... As far as we know. Well, unless he's at Chuck Berry's restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Google that one, Mario. Yeah, you're a little young for that one. <laughs> no, don't Google it. Uh, anyone else have uh, <laughs> thoughts after the game? No, uh, no one had a thought. Um, All right. Well, it's hockey players, so <laughs> then they they sit. They're in the perfect show for that. No, it was uh, Reese Johnson spoke after the game as well. Um, you know, he he talked about scoring his goal and uh, made an incredible play. And and you know, he's he's definitely come in uh, to the lineup. He's in a in a completely different situation than last season, where you know his his spot in the lineup. Once he got in and and you know had a, a couple of good games, it was pretty much locked in that he was going to be. Uh, a regular until you know it was uh, showing that he needed to take a break for whatever reason. But now it's like he's once he's in the lineup, he has to make every shift and every game count because you got guys like Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle and Colin Blackwell uh, all trying to get into the lineup and stay into the lineup as well. You know, the, we talked about it through the, the the training camp and preseason time where you know that fourth line, no, really no one had a a job locked up uh, and and. It's going to be basically a day by day, game by game case on, on who's going to be playing there. Um, but he's definitely made a, an impact and made his, his time uh, noticeable since he's been in. And he's going to have to keep doing that with uh, Phil Kurashev and Colin Blackwell both skating with the team this morning at Morning Skate. It looks like those guys are going to be coming back uh, to, to health and, and, you know, back to the team pretty soon. Uh, we saw Cole Gutman sent down to Rockford uh, today because of that, uh, you know, that coming to fruition pretty soon. So it's just kind of becoming a numbers game. So who knows, maybe, you know, Mackenzie Entwistle or, or Reese Johnson might be one of those players that's uh, being looked at as maybe one of those players that's going to get edged out next once uh, Kurashev and, and uh, Blackwell and potentially Colton Dock uh, be getting back to health soon, sooner rather than later. So we'll see about that. But he, he played a good game tonight. Uh, he talked about the energy in the crowd and, you know, talked about the, the, the atmosphere with, you know, every shot, every every hit, you know, every little uh, little thing that happened in the game had some sort of reaction to it from, from the, the UC crowd. And he talked about how, you know, he could feel it, the team could feel it, and, uh, you know, just 
he he highlighted the atmosphere tonight. So and, and it was it was incredibly noticeable. It was obviously the home opener Saturday night. You got the defending Stanley Cup champions in town. You got the red carpet event. You got Connor Bedard's first game. Like is just the energy was was cranked up uh, like like it, it hasn't been in, in, in a couple of years. So uh, that that energy was noticeable. And, and Reese Johnson's a guy that I think can feed off of that. Uh, that kind of um, you know atmosphere. You guys were there this morning for the morning skate when Luke talked, and does it sound like I don't know? I'm I don't know if I'm as on board with Colin Blackwell as being handed a roster spot just because. I don't think they, so. They're so. It sounded to me like Luke was sort of talking about like, hey, and he'll be back soon, and just there he is, like he's just part of things. Yeah, both, I don't know. Both Colin Blackwell and uh, Philip Kirsch have skated this morning with the morning skate. Yeah, I, I just I don't. I don't really see what Colin Blackwell brings to this team right now. I, I imagine, I imagine Blackwell is going to, when he comes back, get the um, conditioning stint with the Ice Hogs. I would imagine that would be the case that that uh, would, would go with him. I don't. I agree. I don't think he's just going to be cleared uh, to return to the ice and he's going to step right into the lineup. Um, I would. I would think because he hasn't skated in any kind of game or practice situation uh basically all training camp uh that that he's going to probably go to rockford on a conditioning stint and then we'll see from there i i, I don't think he's going to jump right into the lineup kurashev on the other hand i think would would go right back into the lineup um and and go from there i know people i see people in the chat asking about gutman and waivers he is waivers exempt so he didn't have to go through any waivers he can that was that was a street go right down yeah and that and that i we didn't have a pregame show so we really didn't get to start discussed the Gutman move. You know, he's a guy that been a healthy scratch the last two games. Kershev coming back. Blackwell is there. Um, so, yeah, it, it, and, and Luke, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, I don't know why they're sending him down. He, was, he looked impressive at times. The bottom line is this, and Luke Richardson said it perfectly this morning. He's going to go down to Rockford, and he literally said he's going to be the top guy down there. He's going to play big minutes. Yeah, he was the top-line center tonight. So when he game. gets down there, he's going to play big minutes, big role. So when he does get called back up, he's going to be ready to go just like he was last year. What's more beneficial for a guy like Cole Gutman right now? Playing 18 to 20 minutes every night, playing top power play, top line in Rockford, or playing – 11 minutes on the third or fourth line in Chicago and then only playing every two out of three games. Still a young guy. Still got a lot to learn. I think this was and, – and being the only guy out of those guys to get – to have no waivers it probably was a reason too. Not that I would think that, you know, I think a guy like Reese Johnson or Mackenzie Anderson will probably clear Boris Kachuk as well. But you know, Boris Kachuk I think is an every night player at this point. He's been really good. He's We've been, not their, he's about him been their best yeah. penalty killer and and very good defensively. Boris Kachuk has been really good this year. He's not going to score goals, many goals. He's not going to, you know, make the highlight real plays, but he does all those little – He's Mario, you said in the press box tonight, and, and it's – he's a guy that I think has finally accepted what his role is to stay in the NHL, and he's embracing it. Yeah. And he's been really good. Yeah, I mean, he is doing everything he needs to do to stay on the on the ice. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he had a number of, of instances tonight where I, you know, noticed him uh, on the forecheck, you know, breaking, keeping a, keeping a possession alive in the offensive zone. And, and that, that whole fourth line uh, with, with Donato and, and, and Whistle and, and Reece, or, um, Kachuk and, and Reese Johnson tonight, they were really effective. So I, it's, it's, it's great to be able to be in that position where your fourth line, no matter who's playing, can have a, can can be effective. It's not a fourth line that you only throw out there for four and a half minutes a night and hope they don't cost you a goal or two. Like they're out there, they're trying to be uh, productive and and make plays happen. And uh, Kachuk is one of those guys that uh, at least two or three times a night, I you know because you can't cheer in the press box I, under my breath. I'm like, that's a good freaking play uh, to to keep a play alive to get it, to get a puck possession back. He made a, n- a number of those tonight. So yeah, I would agree. I would think Kachuk. Uh, is as far as the pecking order goes of you know the guys at the at the bottom of the the lineup, he's he's the one that's got the the strongest hold on a roster spot right now. And that line got rewarded with the Reese Johnson goal. That yeah. was started because Connor Murphy said, "Screw it, I'm just going to shoot the puck." Yep. And look what happens. Not Weird that how hard. that works. That's the video when when Luke is in there talking about you guys need to simplify it and shoot more. That's the that's the video you show. Get puck, shoot puck. That sounds right to me. It's just it just should not be as difficult as it's been. But I, I think when frustration comes, trying to do too much comes, and I that's what they need to fix. All right, we got a couple things we need to do. Why don't we do Connor's corner first um, and play our fancy new little song that everybody loves so much. All right, welcome into Connor's Corner. <laughs> Connor had a power play goal. He had two shots on goal. He played well with his friends. He shared his toys. He had 17-26 of ice time. Uh, that was Connor Bedard's night, scoring on his first shot at the United Center. And it's funny, like, you remember when Kane and, like, Tave scored on his first shot on his first shift, and, like, there seemed to be these, like, notable debuts for a lot of great Hawks players, so Connor Bedard... Uh, doing his part to to set a little bit of a legend for himself too, scoring on his first ever shot at the United Center. Yeah, it was yeah, a fun it was, uh, it was a fun moment, uh, exciting moment. It was good to have that feeling in the building again. And you mentioned how Reese Johnson was talking about, you know, uh, the reactions in the building. Even though he's now played, you know, a hundred NHL games. He's never played in the United Center like that, that full, that no. end of the game. A lot of those guys, Seth Jones has never played in front of a crowd like that at the UC. You could argue Con- Connor Murphy hasn't really either. Maybe like maybe the last game with Taves and the Hosa Knights, they had big crowds, but this was a crowd that was there to see this team. Ex- wanting and expecting a win. Yep. Yep. It's a nice yeah. it's a nice Get used to it. And you start off the game with the guy everyone's coming to see do well, score a goal. Like it's, I I've never covered a playoff game uh, in here. I've never actually been to a playoff game in in this building. I imagine that's what it felt like because it would just with the atmosphere coming off of, you know, the the, the game introduction and you know the little the the, the honoring of Rocky Wirtz, the anthem. The, the power play goal less than two minutes into the game while the crowd is, is still hot after all of that to begin the game. I mean, that was – I my my adrenaline was was through the roof. It was, it was awesome. And I would imagine, yeah, 
not a lot of these guys have, have experienced that in this building before, um, or at least been on the right side of it. Maybe some guys uh, as, as, as opponents have, have felt that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love for that to continue. I think there is a, a, a better energy in, uh, in the United Center this season around this team than it was last season. Last season was very dark clouds and doom and gloom. I think I think the optimism is felt in the fan base, uh, and I think that uh, that 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 came through tonight at the UC, and, and hopefully it continues uh, into Tuesday night as well. Correctly, on my way over here, that remember we talked about this with Jamie Faulkner, the Blackhawks classics, where they deem a game a classic, and all of a sudden you can get like a commemorative ticket. Did they hear correctly that they announced this as one of those Blackhawks classics? Yes, they uh, in the third period at one point they put on the screen in honor of Connor Bedard's first goal at the United Center. This game has now been deemed a, a Blackhawks classic. To be honest, there was no way this wasn't going to be a Blackhawks classic. They were going to do it anyways, but he gave them a very good reason to do it. So, um, yeah, if you had a ticket to tonight's game, you are able to uh, go and get an actual physical commemorative ticket uh, like the old days and. Uh, yeah, really cool that um, you know we're, we're, we got an opportunity to see what those are, are going to look like with uh, Bedard's with Bedard's goal uh, highlighted on them. It looks like Windy City Hockey may have ordered one. Hockey, if you did, let us know in the comments. Like, what did it cost? What was the process for getting it done? Because as credential media, we don't have tickets, so we don't even have access to really order these if we wanted to. So interested to see how it works so let us know in a chat or, or hit us up on twitter or whatever and we'll let people know i'm really interested to see what those look like it's such a great idea yeah. and i think let's spend a little bit of time too getting into the the, pre, the presentation the rocky words video was unbelievable it was emotional and it was real and it was raw and like to see uh after they all spoke on the video the entire words family is sitting in Rocky's section with his chair. There's red or yellow roses on Rocky's seat, and Danny and his siblings, and the, everybody was crying. It was it was, it was very it, very emotional. It, there was uh, somebody was chomping onions in the press box. Yeah, I was fighting back tears. But uh, this is somebody you know. I I I can put myself in in, in Danny and the, the kids' shoes. You know, I've lost my dad. I know what it's like, and I know what you know. I can't even imagine being you know, there at that spot for the first time yeah. and him not being there is a tough moment. Uh, great tribute. It, it, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting anything less. The, the, the Blackhawks, when they do these types of uh, ceremonies, these video presentations, it's always top notch. And it, they, they hit you in the heartstrings tonight. Uh, and, and even the new video opening, that was, I thought that was really cool. Uh, was cool uh, that we respect us. Um, kind of a cool. Yeah, what was it? yeah. Uh, uh, we no. In United, us we trust. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's us we trust. You know, in and, us we trust. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. very cool with uh, uh, CM Punk, who's got a lot of free time these days to make videos. Uh, <laughs> your little shots. It's my favorite. Thing. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> hey. It's not to quote Sam Puck, tell me when I lie. <laughs> now, I have a question was that just for tonight, or is that going to be the opening night for, for opening video, video for each game? I think. I think that's a lot of production for one night. I think that's going to be the I think that's going to be the every night one. I think, uh, 
I think we're not going to have Luke Richardson's alarm clock anymore going off in the building. My question <laughs> is, is is it going to be money for nothing is the music they take the ice to? That kind of sounded cool. I think I think that was just for the player intros. But then they had like a weird, they had like a Seven Nation Army like remix. Yeah, just was st- part stick of it. with the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Stick with the old school Metallica. That. that was awesome. Yeah, we'll nah, see you Tuesday. The, the apocalypse of the Blackhawks is over. We don't need the Four Horsemen anymore. Song makes me want to run through Who's popping wall. in behind you there, Mario? This is Jay. Other Jay. Hi, <laughs> Joe. Other Jay. <laughs> Come on our show sometime. Yeah, we can talk about We're the Fugees. Tired of talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> ask, Fu- ask Jay to give us a review of the Fugees. Yeah. There you go. The, the Fugees. Uh, I, I will say on the record, I have heard of them before. So put me put me hey, in that. There club. you go. That was um, another morning skate. By the way, uh, Windy City told us it is ten dollars. For the ticket, five dollar shipping, so fifteen bucks okay. per. So it's t- no, however many tickets you get, it's ten, and then shipping is five. I see Sebastian says that he got two tickets for twenty five. All right, ten dollars. So I, I think that's that's, that's reasonable. pretty reasonable. Yeah. It's reasonable, yeah. sure. To have that forever, uh, it's very cool. I, I want to see when it when it arrives. Let us know and share it with us, and we'll we'll share it on the show for sure. Yeah, give um, us all your give us all your QR code so we can all scan it and make copies. Exactly. All right, a couple other things to do. I want to make sure I acknowledge Brian's super chat. Thank you for the super chat, Brian. We appreciate that. And all right, we we have a winner. We ready to declare this, Stephen? Yeah, we have we have a winner here. All right, who is the four star of the Th- game? This one was pretty close, but drum roll. It is Alex Vlasic. All right, I I, think, I I loved his game. There were several times during this game. Where I just looked at Greg, I'm like, that's a great effing play by Vlasic. I think I did it three or four times in this one. Vlasic is uh, m- slowly but surely becoming a top-pairing defenseman. He really is. He's playing he's very well. Super smart. Always seems to be in the right place. And when he's not in the right place, he's got an 85-foot reach. He's going to get to that buck. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he, – he is just so poised and so calm. Um Credit to he who shall not be named. That was a solid draft pick that a lot of people didn't see coming. So, all right, now the most important part. And they actually developed it. Yeah. All right. Who won? You, who won? Are, Who's your hawk? Are you asking Steven, me? I forgot. Hmm. I just want to hear someone else say it. I'm just going to look at it right now. And look Tonight. at that. The guy that picked Connor Bedard on his first oh. game at the UC got the win. So brave. So brave. <laughs> this is crushing my skull. It, like, messes up my glasses, so everything is warped. And my mic just broke somehow. There we go. Oh, nice. It's all falling apart. See, there's bad things happen when you win. I am the wiener. I've finally done it. This fits me better than you, Mario. Yeah, that, I'm still I, being again, impaled by the spike, though. It just illustrates the size difference between our craniums. That's right. Um, so I had uh, Connor Bedard. He scored a goal. Uh, you had Taylor Hall. Had an assist on that goal. Assisted, yes. And uh, Mario had Andreas to Tennessee. Uh, all good picks. So the current standings, Mario leads with three. I have two. Greg has one. Greg gets first pick next game on Tuesday. So that should be uh, a lot of fun. I wonder who he'll that. take. Yeah. Reese Johnson, man. Reese Johnson. Play the hot hand, baby. <laughs> That's true. That's Play true. the hot hand. All right, Mario, anything to add before we spring you? Uh, I, I did want to... Uh, uh, not to take up a, a whole bunch of more time, but I did did want to talk about uh, Bedard in in the video that we played, taking complete ownership over the uh, the goal that 
started off the third period for for Vegas and um, served as the game or not game winner tonight, but served as the uh, essentially the game winner besides Corey Perry's uh, last second garbage time goal. But uh, Keegan Colasar coming through the middle of the ice uh, on a on a on a rush transition rush for for Vegas uh, gets behind Bedard ends up setting up the 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 three two goal. Uh, Bedard after the game, as as you heard, took complete uh, responsibility for that play, uh, saying that you know he just he just completely missed missed his man, missed his assignment, and something he's going to have to uh, you know look at look at tape and, and learn and, and get used to the the speed of the of the NHL. Luke Richardson also talked about that play about where you know where Bedard uh, kind of went wrong on his assignment, but also that Seth Jones um, could could alleviate a little bit of Bedard's uh, defensive responsibility by not being as high as he was on the play. Um, but I thought it was just interesting uh, for, for Bedard to completely uh, take ownership over, over that and recognize that in, in, in the post game and probably even in the, in the moment too, trying to recover uh, on the play and, and, and make up for it. So again, it's just, it's, it's those things that he's doing, uh, as a young NHL center, and it's going to be across the board with him and, and with Reichel uh, this season as far as, you know, responsibilities as a center. Uh, that's what they're going to have to get used to, learn from, and uh, I, I did find it commendable that he was just like, no, I just completely blew the assignment on the play. Um, so hopefully he'll he'll learn from it and, uh, you know, move forward into the next game. I just love that he is a willing defender. You know, it, he's not just going out there and, like, waving a stick at you to pretend to play defense we've seen him go lift sticks we've seen him go back check we've seen him make some pretty decent defensive plays so yeah lesson learned it looked i know he got nudged like at center ice as that breakout started so it put him a little behind the play and then it looked like he kind of dove out too soon a little bit so hey again these are things he will learn as his career goes on and and he'll get better every game because you know um the last guy on this team I'm worried about, and it's not just because of his talent, it's because of his damn work ethic, is Connor Bedard. Anything he feels his game needs, he is going to do everything he can to add that to his game. So uh, we got a good one here in Chicago. Hawks fans should be excited, even if it hasn't been the uh, 20 points in five games people were hoping for. He's been, I think without a doubt, their best and most consistent player. Yeah. that's At uh, least up front. Yeah. Yep. And I love a kid taking ownership and saying, yeah. yeah, my bad. I screwed that up. And then they, next time that situation arrives, hopefully, you know, he learns from the mistake and that's all you can ask for. Everybody's going to make the mistakes. Just don't repeat them. Exactly. All right, Mario. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Uh, drive safe. Thanks for all the uh, insight. Yeah. Yeah. I will see you guys on Monday. That's right. Monday at 2.30. We're back. All right, before we go, we want to tell you about becoming a diehard. If you may have noticed this weekend, allchgo.com is under construction. We are improving the website. It'll be good to go very, very soon. Um, so hold Every tight. Highway there. getting into the city is construction. So we're just <laughs> yeah, right. Following the theme. But it's going to become, not that it wasn't user friendly before, but it's going to become way more user friendly, all those sort of things. So uh, stay tuned. It should be good to go by Monday at the very, very latest. And once it's ready to go, go to allchgo.com, become a diehard, get yourself a free t-shirt uh, or a free hat. I know the hats are finally arriving. I don't know exactly when they'll be available, but they're coming soon. 
We've got podcasts and live shows for every team every day. Of course, post-game shows. We've got premium written content for members at allchgo.com, including the Rebuild Report, which debuts this week, correct? That's the plan. And I've got my Hawk, my Blackhawks beat that comes out every Tuesday. 20% off all CHGO events. All the great merch we've got at chgolocker.com. We've got the mem- members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And for our next two tailgates, right? We have two after three. Yeah, two left, including tomorrow. X-Golf will be giving away a $200 gift certificate to any of their Chicagoland locations. Find the X-Golf nearest you at playxgolf.com slash Chicagoland. If you don't know what X-Golf is, it's like a higher-end, bougier top golf. So you're going to want to do that. That 200 bucks will go a long way for you at X-Golf. So join us at our CHGO Bears tailgates, allchgo.com, and as always... The diehard save 20% on that and the merch. So jump on it. Become a diehard. We'd love to have you. If you like what we're doing here, help support us. And a really easy way to support us, a free way to support us, is to hammer that like button on your way out and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really appreciate everybody taking a few seconds to do that for us. Really, we really would because we've had a glut of uh, anti-Chicago people coming in there when Bedard won draft, giving it one-star reviews and all this crap. So offset that for us. Leave us some five-star reviews. We'd really appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so with that, we're going to wrap things up. We are back Monday at 2.30 with a live show. We'll get into some of the things we've learned uh, through these uh, these six games and and preview the game Tuesday against the Bruins. So until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. We'll talk to you Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Y'all silly like the mayor.